0: you're listening to 50% facts the show where we're building a health and fitness resource by trying to answer a single question every week just based on what we already know
1: or maybe what we think we know then we bring in the world's leading expert to tell us what we got right and what we got wrong
0: i'm jim mcdonald and i'm mike farr welcome to our show
1: Some people work jobs, and I'm like how, are you, like, how do you need a vacation that bad? Like, your stress cannot be that high. Yeah. Like, you get paid regardless of your workload. You get paid regardless of your whatever. <sighs> do I have to hit record on this thing or something?
0: Yeah, up on on the OBS.
1: Go live, you think, or record? Record. record. Now I'm recording, too. This is fancy. I only go live. Oh, look. God damn, it's is nice. <laughs> Isn't it went, that slick? Uh-oh. It went away, though. Did I bust it? Uh-oh. Oh, there we go.
0: Yeah, though, one of them is, camera one is not yeah. connected to anything currently. We're in it. It is slick. I feel like professional back here. Yeah, we didn't spend $30,000 to do it either.
1: No. That's, no, you don't have to. I mean, maybe if you combine everything, you probably spend a good amount of money, but. Yeah. It happens. Exactly. It happens. Um, Life. We got some projects in the works. Yeah, we do. We
0: might be able to announce this soon. Really? Yeah, well, possibly. I don't. I mean, who knows? Who knows? At this point, it's a secret project. Yeah, and we were just just off air talking about the fact that, like, at least in my life, there's times where there's almost nothing going on—not nothing, nothing, but almost nothing—and then currently, I'm in a phase where everything's going on. And I just got back from LA, made some connections there, booked some guests, new guests for the show, some directions we haven't gone before. Yeah, met some friends, hang hang hung out with. Uh, John Romanello, if industry guy who I know have known for at least 17 years. That's a long time. And it's T-Nation-ish yeah. era, yeah. Yeah, T-Nation, yeah. like
1: early T-Nation. Yeah, which is funny because we just had Kale back on, obviously, talking about that same era of people and media. Yeah, things. exactly. And the other side, I feel like T-Nation is where all these people – and I was on there, but I wasn't deep in the forums where everyone yeah, seemed to meet each other. That's that's where it was going. Yeah, I by. read the forums, but I wasn't like – I think I was too young and I still had my parents on my ears like, uh, like don't get weird on the internet because oh. I was like 17. yeah. And so like, and I was brought up, the internet still is very scary and dangerous, but <laughs> at least now I can like know how to like m- maneuver it. But when I was a kid, Obviously, that's just what your parents tell you, so you don't go fucking around. Right. Um, and I was probably 17 when I started doing a bunch of research. So I would read a bunch of forums, but I wasn't, like, interacting on it. So mm-hmm. it's not like I knew um, people's screen names or anything. I would just kind of read info everywhere. Um, but that was, obviously, you are more of an adult, and you were interacting yeah. and making friends. But it seems like the strength world, all literally, anybody who's, like, anybody who's in the strength world right now mm-hmm. started... Or 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 was a part of T Nation early forums. And anyone who is a part of the physique world, the right. Alberto Nunez is there on bodybuilding dot com forums, which is so funny. The Lane Norton's yeah. people like that. I yeah. mean literally the term if it fits your macros was started there. Yep. Um and, and same thing, like all this anyone who's like a strength coach uh over you know, professionally or in a big gym or something, was all jamming away on T Nation. It's just funny. Where almost those things came from the internet, and then and then they yeah. came almost to real life in a sense, where you make friendships, and then it go, almost goes back on the internet because all those same people are the ones making content and sharing information now um, on both ends. It's just uh, the world is a tiny little place at the end of the day.
0: And then there was um, uh, want to be big, which was never a, heard of it. Yeah, it was a forum uh, that was from a supplement company, a small supplement company. And I was on there a little bit. There's that that whole thing imploded, as far as I know. I don't. Th- I don't know that the the supplement line still exists. They I know didn't. That the forum went away. They didn't sponsor some of your videos, did they? They no. Uh, that was uh, that was true. Nu- true nutrition. No, even before that. Oh,
1: there might have been like a small like powerlifting only supplement. Uh, Not power. It wasn't like more for powerlifters only, but it was like kind of marketed that way. I forgot that. I don't know.
0: Not living large? No. Is that something? It, that thinking. is something, but no. I don't know what's in my head. Lifting large. Maybe? But I didn't have anything to do with them. No, I don't know what it was. There's like random companies like that that I remember
1: from our early days hanging out and lifting. Uh, what was the clothing company? Bully something or something. Oh, yeah. Bully. You know what I mean? It was like Bully Boy or something. Bully Boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's like, yeah, there's there's like the, That's of- like the if a boomer... If a boomer rocks like, uh, and they don't anymore, people make all these boomer jokes, but like, uh, big dog. Yeah. You know, if that's like the soccer dad shirt wearing, <laughs> yeah. barbecuing his big dog, right, the right. soccer going wannabe powerlifters rocking like Bully Boy. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah. That, and I think that totally was totally
1: unfashionable. You just wear it because that's what other people were kind of wearing.
0: Yeah. It's the same way that guys over 50 are always, almost always in a, in a, Social situation, you're going to be wearing Tommy Bahama. Yeah, I was about to say
1: Tommy Bahama. <laughs> Tommy Bahama.
0: Why is that a thing? Tommy Bahama? Yeah. <laughs> because, well, uh, I think that to a certain extent, as you get older, you care less oh. about how you dress or whatever. But there's somebody in your life who says you need to dress better. Yeah. And so you go to a Macy's or some some place like that. And you go, what do they got? Like, what what kind of clothing can I put on that no one's going to object to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you end up. With and that's got a collar. It. I uh, I I am so self
1: conscious still for how old I am. I think, but it's, I don't know if I'm so self conscious because I don't care that much what other people think. I guess I'm just hyper self aware sometimes, so I overanalyze yeah. myself in a sense. So self-esteem issues per se, but not self-conscious because you guys probably follow me on the internet for a very long time. I've done really dumb things and I just don't care what you think. Um, (laughs) But I've gone through these phases where I really, uh, I don't think I look old yet. I look about the same as I do when I was 26. I was looking at pictures my face hasn't changed. I'm worried about my skincare and wrinkles purely because I want to still be able to wear whatever clothes I want and not be judged. Because there's always Uh. that like, you know, like I kind of dress like a 25-year-old still because I like the style of clothing. And there's some guys that still do, right? Like Kanye is probably 40-plus, and he's rocking, you know, the newest shit yeah. or whatever. But I like, like, streetwear. I like sneakers. But if you see a guy that's like 30, 35, 40 rocking Jordans, you kind of think away. But if I look young enough, yeah. I can still do those things. So I'm going to try to still look young purely for that, and it's purely for an internal reasons to not be judged. If that makes sense, I know that the judgment comes from the external, but in my head, it kind of works that I'm I'm hyper self aware, not so self conscious, but we still have self esteem issues, and that is my diagnosis, self diagnosis of where <laughs> my head's at in 2020.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are things that I will not wear because I don't think they look appropriate on on, on a person of my my age and my build. Like if yeah, I was, builds a big thing, if I was a real really skinny guy, but I'm I'm a I'm thicker, yeah, yeah. You know, and I've I've kind of always been after after thirty five. Yeah. I've been a thicker guy, and so um, there's things that just don't look great on me. Some and,
1: people talk shit, but like when you're kind of smaller, like not smaller framed and skinnier, like that's what clothes are still made for. Like suits look way good. Yeah. if you're six foot, like a buck sixty, you can rock like a bunch of shit I can't rock.
0: Oh yeah, and you look yeah. great. <laughs> but 165 to about 185, 190, something like that. Yeah, if you're you can wear anything, if you're a muscular guy, you probably have you may not have like abs, abs, but you're going to be close, you know. And uh, yeah, that's why
1: I want to get down to 180 and 190 also. Like, sure, health reasons. I kind of care what I look like with my shirt off, but I don't really because I don't take my shirt off that much. It's more clothes fit how I want them
0: to fit. Yeah, I don't really want to be in a position that I have to take my shirt off. You already,
1: I'm ready. I'm already ready to transition this thing. Yeah. Because then I have to do cardio to get to 180. Right. And the topic of the day, it's like I do this professionally, guys. It's so good. <laughs> the transition. running. Something I never, I promise myself I'm never going to do.
0: Yeah, unless there's an ice cream truck or a taco truck involved. Yeah, or a pit bull chasing the me. Pit bulls. Uh,
1: news. Uh we could be trending news in the beginning of the show. Absolutely. I guess the I guess it's a mayor, but I think it's maybe a statewide band in Colorado. I think it's Denver. Uh Pitbulls. Pitbulls. They 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 went against um Mayor Hancock. I I'm the worst at reporting news, but you guys
0: are welcome for the half
1: ass news, like our half ass show. When you say mayor
0: Hancock, I think I'm thinking Will Smith for whatever no, reason. But. No,
1: uh, no. Um but Uh, I think it went to whatever, the city council, et cetera, et cetera, and the vote uh, went to keep pit bulls banned. And then I don't know if it's propaganda, but there's pictures of piles of dead pit bulls. Ugh. And thanks to Simon for showing me this news at like oh, 10 I o'clock last night. I saw
0: that on his... Maybe. maybe yeah, he not, might have posted it. It can't be
1: true. It I don't know. We don't know. And he admitted too. He's like, I don't know if these pictures are real or not, but the news is real. Yeah. They did reinstate it or, or keep the law the same, which is just so weird. Um, mm-hmm. It's funny because like, we're not going to dive too deep because we're going to get into this running topic. Mm-hmm. But people talk about like discrimination between like humans. And then you're like, you're literally just doing the same thing to a breed of dog. Like, are there shitty white people? Yeah, tons. Are there some shitty black people? Yeah, shitty Asian people, shitty Latin people. You know, they're shitty humans for sure. And that's the exact same thing. That doesn't mean you're just going to like mad wipe every person because of their color or where they were born. <laughs> and now you're going to mad wipe just a type of dog just because some of them are like, yeah, they're, sh- they're shitty German Shepherds. They're shitty Dobermans. They're shitty ch-
0: Chihuahuas bite everybody. Right. No, it's a little bit of a um like like dog genocide kind yeah. of. Thing.
1: <laughs> it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, under, I,
0: I'm like, like like nervously laughing.
1: Like it's fucked up. I'm not really laughing. Right
0: here de, uh, under Den- Denver's ordinance section eight 67 six seven, pit bull breeds, which is American pit bull, pit bull terrier, American Staffordshire. That's the issue too. Terrier, is a pit bull not a dog. Right. And Staffordshire Bull Terrier are banned in the city and county of Denver.
1: Saying pit bull is like saying like white person. Yeah. Right. Like, there's English people. There's there's people from everywhere. Right? You can be African. You can be white. You can be from South American. You can be white. The Point is, you're just like saying this thing is bad, and you're just going to kill it or get rid of it. And the other thing is that, like, Denver's supposed to be pretty liberal, isn't it? I mean, they 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 have pot stores on every corner, and now you're going to like not be open minded enough to say like, I don't know, use some tax dollars to instead of euthanize and kill all these dogs that cost money. Like, I don't know, do free weekend dog training or something. Uh, it's not like I should run for president or anything yeah. with those great goddamn ideas, but yeah, uh, If say I heard for sure they euthanized every pit bull that was in a shelter from this. Um and so let's just hypothetically say that cost a thousand dollars. Yeah. You could probably get five different dog trainers to do clinics every weekend with that money. Oh yeah. And say, Hey, so. if you have any kind of bully breed, bring it in, it's gonna be free, and we're gonna tr- treat you how to train your dog correctly. Like mm-hmm. that would do way more good than just killing a bunch of things.
0: Or to actually look at the dogs and individual personalities. Cause like I had a pit bull mix and she was the sweetest thing ever, except yeah. she didn't really like other dogs that much. But then you just, as was, an owner responsible to not yeah. bring them around other dogs. That's fine. Yeah. She had no problem with people and she was so good with kids. My God. Like, um, this couple that we used to share babysitting with, they had a little one. Like they, after, after we had been dealing with him for years, they had another baby and this, kid's a toddler and he doesn't know he's like sitting in the dog's bowl and the food and pulling on her ears and all this stuff and she was completely tolerant like she didn't there wasn't. She just stood there and just just absorbed it like it was, you yeah. know, not a thing. Yeah, shout out. We're shouting out everybody on the internet. But my uh, buddy
1: Hayden Schneider, he he has a, a a little one that's insanely cute that he posts all over Instagram. And uh, yeah, I think he has two bigger American or, or pit bulls and then yeah. one Frenchie. And yeah, this baby, yeah, it's two. It doesn't know. It's like yanking on these things' ears, and these things are big old ones. They're like big big boned. <laughs> yeah. Ribbles. And they're just like licking the baby, and this thing's probably hurting the shit out of them, and they're just chilling like obviously has to do with uh training training uh, sure there's some genetics and and, and things when a dog's yeah. born it might be a little more grumpy but if the training's right and then the owners right uh, not probably worth euthanizing
0: yeah probably not and uh, the, it comes down to basic personality of the dog too because like my current dog has no sense that she's a dog she just she she she's everything is being the same thing yeah yeah like you know Cats are the same thing as as she is. Birds are the same That's thing. Funny. People. She doesn't discriminate. She doesn't care. She doesn't know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She doesn't even. The only, only reason that she barks at other dogs is that like they're not coming over to play with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she'll sit, stand at the front window and bark because Wants she can attention. see a dog and the dog is not paying any attention to her. It's like, hey, come over here. No, come here. Here. No. Yeah. No, no. Oh, you. No. <laughs> come. Come over here. Yeah. Yeah. Like come you, I mean, I want to sniff your butt and like whatever. So
1: it's a deeper topic too, because people joke about um, testing people or like allowing different people uh, who should or should not have babies. Yeah, right. Because you talk about like intelligence or who could be like a good parent or whatever, and that's a whole another topic for a whole another <laughs> day. But I think on a more basic level, like you could probably do that easier with animals, yeah. uh, and some people do. I've been trying to rescue a dog for or, um, for like three months, and there's two issues why I haven't gotten a dog yet one I'm picky on what kind of dog I mm-hmm. want um, because I know a lot about dogs and so I'm trying not trying to get like a hairy dog because we live in Sacramento and it's 110 degrees outside mm-hmm. and I don't have a yard so I'm gonna have to walk this thing and I don't want it to be dying in the heat mm-hmm. two I don't uh, I- I'm trying to find a breed that tends to live a lifestyle like mine, a little lazier, et cetera, et cetera, actually some kind of bully breed. But um, the other reason is going through some of these private rescues that aren't city um, shelters, because I'm trying to get a baby and all Mm -hmm. the babies are through the um, privates typically. Like if a a public shelter gets babies, they often will bring it to these private shelters because they don't have the manpower to handle it. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're extremely exclusive with like who they're letting dogs go to. Like I didn't get a dog because I hadn't handled this exact breed before which I think is ridiculous. Like if they could have just came and like actually interviewed me, they would have known. Like I've like my mom's dog, I don't know what the hell he is, but he's probably some kind of Mastiff Boxer pit bull lab mm-hmm. deal. I don't know what the hell he is, but he has that bully in him for sure. Like a stubborn mentality. Um, and then I've, I've raised a, a boxer uh, out of like death from mm. a, another shelter I fostered one. Point is that I've handled these type of dogs compared to like, it's not like I just had poodles my whole life. Or right. Whatever. Something super easy. Even though poodles are really intelligent, and mm. if you don't train them right, they could be bitches too. But point is, these private rescues are like that. But then breeders obviously don't care; they're just trying to make money. Mm-hmm. And a public shelter doesn't care; they're just trying to get these dogs healthy enough and out. Yeah. yeah.
0: Although California could turn into a no-kill state for doggos. Yeah, I think Sacramento
1: is, which is cool already.
0: Yeah, there's uh, a there's legislation sitting out there. The governor's behind. I'm behind to, it. To um, Let's use different methods to control this this problem. Yeah, I don't
1: know what it is. There might have to be like a middle ground. So you have like a shelter where strays and like abandoned dogs end up. And then you might need like to publicly pay or privately fund like, like a foster... Camps, yeah, uh, because there are so many dogs, and like I understand the euthanization of dogs because they're running rampant everywhere, and it's like not healthy for the dogs or Uh the city. Sometimes, like the dogs are probably maybe spreading diseases, not living a healthy life or happy life. Uh Uh, I'm obviously not for killing them, but if you get like a middle ground there, where like it's like a doggy, you know, cattle farm, and they just (laughs) get to hang out and run, yeah, uh, and all you really need to fund them with is some food, you know. like long-term foster care, yeah uh, and Food then obviously shots. the private, yeah, 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 a couple shots, but maybe, maybe, maybe they're not up for adoption and they don't need every single shot if they live somewhere else, or who knows what? I'm making yeah. all this up. But right. yeah, I don't know, I'm a no veterinarian, but, uh, Something like that I would be down for. And, again, if you just roll your funding around, right, you might be able to figure it out.
0: Yeah, we're just calling for reform right now, what we're doing. We're calling for reform. Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah,
1: but I don't think, I mean, there's, I think, three or four main shelters here, and uh, I don't think any in Sacramento kill. I know one in, like, Fresno kills, because that's where I adopted that boxer, uh. um, or fostered it. I didn't adopt it. um. But I I think they have slowly gone away in California, which is, again, kind of a liberal state, generally speaking. And you would think Denver would be on the same similar page of openness.
0: Colorado is like pretty solidly purple.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I guess Denver, I, I would think, is not, but you Colorado, think, you would think, similar to. Again, we're talking like Northern California. You're talking San Francisco opposed to other places in California.
0: A little but, different. But, I mean, we had a, we had a mix for years and years and years, and she passed away, you know, several years ago now, probably twelve, thirteen years ago now. But um, we had family members who were just not down with with hanging out with this really? mix. Yeah, That's it was so uncomfortable. Weird. It was really uncomfortable. It was like like, do you? Uh, are you so dismissive of our judgment when these? this is a dog that's around our children all the time? Well, and
1: yeah, if they trust you that, enough and
0: you say, like, no, she's good or he's good. It's like this dog is not an aggressive dog with, yeah. with humans. This and, dog is only aggressive with other types of dogs that more... More than likely, look like it. She also didn't like kites. That was another well, thing. That's funny, but you can avoid kites. Yeah, right? but that's like a bird. Maybe it's just she yeah, no, some hunting that's, in bird. That's, that's yeah. exactly yeah. that's exactly it. She was, I think, part yeah, lab
1: or yeah. some reason. Yeah, things bark at cars or something. They just think it might be prey or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and yeah, some 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 prey. um One, it, it just depends because you you can train the dog to live your lifestyle and they'll start to right. So like even my mom's dog isn't like great with other dogs. Um, but that's not like part of her lifestyle. It's the part of her lifestyle isn't having a bunch of dogs over. Even though when we bring other dogs in the house, he's fine. Mm. It's just more on the street or something. But she doesn't bring him to dog parks. Uh, why is he bad with dogs? Because she doesn't bring him to dog parks. Mm. And is it a big deal he's not bad with dogs? Not really, because she doesn't bring him to dog parks. Right. The only issue comes when the owner negligence and they know their dog's not good with other dogs and they don't train it to be or socialize it. And then you want it to be a dog park dog and it goes and bites someone else's dog. Right. Like that's when things get fucked up. Or you don't want it to be good around kids. Or, sorry. It. You want it to be good around kids, but you don't socialize it or acclimate it when it's young, and then it goes and fucks up a kid. Like yeah. that's on the owner. That's not on that poor dog. But if your lifestyle is to never have kids around, that's up to you. Like,
0: yeah, I'm all for that. But just you have to be aware enough. If you're gonna, um, uh, if you're gonna, if you need to get away from a dog, and you don't know how to run, that could be a problem. I'm trying to bring it back back around here. Yeah. Last story. My, <laughs>
1: uh, I grew up in like a small neighborhood, tiny, uh, because we're surrounded by a really big road that uh, you couldn't really leave as a kid. Um, you'd probably just get smashed by a car. People were driving yeah. like 60 miles per hour. And it was kind of like two cul-de-sacs kind of surrounded by this thing. Um, so in, in my neighborhood, kind of older people. They're all in like their 70s. Only one family there. So he was my friend. And he lived down the street a little bit. But in between us, someone moved in With Argentine Dogos. Have you seen those? Yeah. Uh, Fucking killers. Like, they're made to kill, like, fucking huge. Yeah. uh, And for some reason, they were not nice. And so I remember riding one day my bicycle, and it's probably only, like, less than 0.1 miles away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm riding, and then this thing started chasing me on my bike, and I just fucking... (laughs) I've never ridden my bike so fast. That's (laughs) why you need (laughs) base-level conditioning. (laughs) And that's where we're talking about...
0: Running, yeah, that's actually that's a critical. That's one of the the um uh one of the rules in Zombieland cardio. Yeah, I never saw Zombieland two. You know, I saw it on a plane, and I thought it was just fine. Yeah, I'm I'm sure it would be good. It's campier than the first one for sure, but it's yeah. I I I I laughed. I like the first one a lot, so I assumed I I would like the second one a little. Yeah, yeah, very least. Yeah, yeah. The ending is pretty funny because it's disconnected from the rest of the story. Oh, it goes back to the beginning oh. when just as the zombie apocalypse oh, yeah, starts. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they could do a prequel probably. with Bill, with Bill Murray. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, I I stopped running after basketball, and I'm never going to run again. I do believe a base level conditioning is needed for human health, emergencies, zombies, and to look good. But it's not for me. There's a new trend going. My buddy Bart, one of my best friends, decided to run. And Bart's a little bit different breed than me. I think I've always done athletics as like a sport or what I've enjoyed. I like, I like I really loved basketball and competing in it. I like strategy. I think that's why I like coaching and powerlifting and things. I like programming and stuff. But I've never been the one like, I need to wake up and test myself or I'm not living. And Bart's kind of that guy. Like, I need to test myself daily. So he's doing a marathon. I think he asked me to do it too. Maybe I don't know why. He's like, yeah, dude. I'm like fuck you, dude. Like,
0: <laughs> he just said, yeah. We had a long conversation a couple of weeks like, ago. Running, not my, th- not my thing. I'm not a, I'm not a runner. There's a good reason. Like I got big, thick, short legs. Yeah. Like I, I was. If anyone was built to run, they don't look anything like me. True. And on the other hand, my my wife is a runner. She runs all the time, even though it may not be the very best thing for like the knees of somebody who has a job where they're on their feet all their time. And they're, yeah, yeah. you know, starting to get, you know, into that real middle age, like you have to start figuring out what, how to keep yourself going, what still works and what doesn't still work. And, uh, but she's, you know, she's into it. It, it calms her brain down. It um, she feels healthy doing it, whatever. That's a like, big thing. That's with, great but Yeah,
1: for me. That's a big thing with all fitness things I think I can't relate to either is powerlifting. Everyone's like, this is my therapy. And like um, running, Oh, I, if I didn't run, I would be a murderer. And like mm. all these things people say, like uh, I don't relate to that at all. <laughs> I don't relate. <laughs> the only thing I can relate that to is maybe my sleep. If I don't get quality sleep, I feel You're like a, yeah, I feel like a different human, um, and my anxiety and, and negative thoughts and stuff start to take over. And like I under, so I understand in a way why people need that, but I've never mm-hmm. gotten that. I don't think from a physical activity, um, but it seems insanely um, addictive and in a positive way. I imagine most of the time, and um, like soothing for those that really love, like longer runs longer bike rides stuff like that i've just never done it i think the longest i've ever run was three miles and that's because i had to for basketball the longest i've ever biked was probably 20 miles maybe 25 that's plenty for me you get a little sweat on feel good but after my adhd just kicks in i just can't do those (laughs) yeah i just can't do those you know like even a podcast or something yeah i just get bored get bored and if there's no destination i'm done like i probably wouldn't do a long car drive either the only reason i do that is because there's a destination like i have to get to la Um, (laughs) right and that's why like biking i was biking to my mom's for a while which was cool when the weather was nice because that's like a destination i could just stop at and that's Mm. whatever 15 miles out or something um but yeah it's not for me not for me but there there there's a lot of people that are into it and so we're going to go down that rabbit hole i don't really have that much more to say because it's not my realm. I think uh,
0: I don't have any idea how to really get started. Like a little, maybe a little bit every day. But how often is every day? And yeah. How, how far is that? I don't really know. I think it's you know, I know that like any kind of cardio, the first twenty minutes is the worst for sure. And so is like lifting too when you're into it, right? right. Like getting under the barbell, kind of hurts, and then you get warm, and then yeah. you can find a final flow. Right. Right. And. Um, a stupid thing I know about about running is that if you run in the rain, not like pouring rain, but rain, rain, <clears throat> there's a lot of ozone, and for whatever reason, that like contributes to the whole endorphin rush. Interesting. I mean, it, it, I like
1: that smell. I like hot cement and rain smell.
0: Yeah, that's that's the ozone smell. The, I like that. The um the the water hits the um. Hits the pavement and the molecule gets ripped apart. And I like ozone that. goes everywhere. So. I
1: like ozone then I'm addicted to ozone, but not the running part <laughs> I think uh what will interest me because then we'll probably dig into it because we're talking about how to start running, maybe how to program it per se uh-huh. is I think once you understand kind of programming in general, like the kind of fatigue stimulus recover cycle deal um If I had somebody who was conditioned in running, like semi-conditioned, I think I could program probably them to get to a marathon or something just because there's basic concepts, uh, obviously troubleshooting along the way. Um, But I don't know how to begin uh, because you don't know how much is like too much. In lifting, you do. I know like, all right, maybe we can handle 10 to 15 sets of of squats or whatever in a week, but I don't even know the basics of this. But um, bringing in a specialist because we're clueless. And uh, if you want to start your conditioning path, I assume this running can um, translate to some kind of cycling, walking, elliptical, whatever it might be. Uh, And hopefully we'll get you guys started on your conditioning goals, whether it's for a new hobby, whether it's to lose a little bit of weight, or whether you just want to uh, find out uh, runner's eye.
0: Yep. These guys, uh, they run a podcast about a a race that uh, is not a race for people who are inveterate racers. It's for people who are... uh kind of just getting started so uh, they have some idea about how you go from you know sitting on your ass on the couch to actually running someplace so we're gonna take their word for it right now did you know that many conventional deodorants contain aluminum which forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating Forms a plug. I did not know that that was how it worked. I knew that they were that it was there. I did not know how it functioned.
1: I went to like a hippie art school and um, my parents were only like half hippie, but a lot of my friends and friends' parents were really hippie. Um, and I remember a kid telling me that in like eighth grade and I was like, you're so wrong. And, but then I've read a bunch of places. Uh, that is true.
0: Well, that's crazy. Anyway, so Native makes deodorant that does not have aluminum. So you can feel better about what you're putting on your body. Uh, It is safe. It's formulated without aluminum, parabens, or talc. It's also vegan and never tested on animals. That's good. Uh, It's made with ingredients you've heard of, like coconut oil and shea butter. You wear deodorant every day. Shouldn't you be able to understand the ingredients list? That makes sense to me. Making the switch does not mean you have to sacrifice on performance. Native will keep you smelling and feeling fresh all day long. I'm going to Jump into some personal experience here with this. I Actually, I like this stuff, and I'm not a big like uh, deodorant smell guy. I like to typically to not smell, but there the I got the eucalyptus one that that is very subtle, so it doesn't like it's not aggressive. And I'm not a big sweater, but it also is just not a problem. But my wife, who is a big sweater, and one of the things that she uh, that she does as a you know like a community. A community positive activity is that she teaches uh, sex ed to the grade school that my son graduated from. It's a public Waldorf school. And she was the first day that she used the stuff because I gave her the other the other one that, that, we, that we were given uh, the first day she's got like 65 people in in the crowd for this sex ed thing it's like you know fifth and fifth or sixth graders and their parents yikes it's just a f- and she's talking about stuff that people are uncomfortable talking sure. about or hearing about or whatever and she said she did not sweat and she definitely was uncomfortable at certain points yeah, like stress approved yeah exactly and uh, and didn't have a problem with it and she uh Uh, enjoys the way it smells. There are over 10 scents, including their classics and rotating seasonals. You're guaranteed to find one you love. Their classic scents include vanilla and coconut, which is their most popular, uh, lavender and rose, cucumber and mint, and eucalyptus and mint. That last one is the one I've got. There is something for everyone. There's a wide variety of options for men, women, and even teens. They also offer an unscented option and a baking soda-free formula for those with sensitivities. There's no risk to try. Free shipping on every order. A native offers 30-day free returns and exchanges in the USA. If you are still not convinced... They have over 9,000 five-star reviews from happy customers who made the switch to native. They also are relaunching their toothpaste line. I have not tried this, but I am uh, impressed enough with the quality of the deodorant that I would definitely check it out. Uh, They use a special blend of naturally derived cleansers, flavors, and whiteners to deliver a great brushing experience without the trade-offs of other natural toothpastes. Toothpastes, which can sometimes mean that they're not They don't work that well. Native's all-natural toothpaste can do it all. It whitens teeth, it freshens breath, is enamel safe, and prevents cavities if you have the fluoride version.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is your opportunity to give it a try with 20% off your first purchase. That's nativedeodorant.com. All you have to do is use code FACTS. That's F-A-C-T-S. 20% off your first purchase. Check it out now. nativedeodorant.com. Code FACTS. Go get it.
0: So let me just start having you guys introduce yourselves and, um, and how you came to, um, to this whole running situation.
2: James, you go ahead.
3: Okay. All right. So I'm James Van Proyen, also known as James VP because nobody can pronounce my last name very well, <laughs> whether it was growing up or in the military, I did 20 years in the Air Force. So I, uh, actually, interestingly enough, never enjoyed running growing up. I ran, um, uh, Played sports, played basketball, so there's a lot of running involved with that. But if I was going to run, I wanted to kind of run up and down a basketball court. That was it. Dot um, cross country and track was stupid. Went in the military and the Air Force. We didn't have to run at first. After September 11th, we started um, having to do uh, more running, and we did it as a group at first. A lot of uh, squadron runs. Found out I was a good runner. Embraced it just because I kind of had to. yeah. Uh, was exposed to this Ragnar Relay. Thought it was the stupidest thing that we were gonna pay money to run run this relay race. And um, then since I've I've start I've run 41 Ragnar races. I've run um, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons. So that's that's kind of my running background right now.
1: Quick uh, side question: I've never heard of um, running being changed in the military past uh, September 11th. Do you know why that was like implemented? I, I, I'm oh, a little bit younger. I was probably in, I don't know, sixth grade, seventh grade, I think, with uh, 9/11, and so I just, in my time, I just assumed the military always ran their tits off for. Whatever reason.
3: Yeah. yeah, great question actually. And and I don't and I I probably don't know the history of the Air Force well enough to know when they did or didn't do things. When I first came in to the Air Force in nineteen ninety five, they had basically a bike test. So we ran in basic training. So there, there was definitely a lot of the fitness stuff that we did in basic training, we didn't necessarily do after basic training in the air force in nineteen ninety five. So basically the we did kind of physical fitness on our own. We had to do something for Two three days a week, but we would just go in the morning, play pickup basketball and stuff like that. But um, after September 11th in the Air Force, they changed the PT to our test that that we would get tested on instead of the bike test. They, because the bike test only really just was measuring your heart rate, and and some people who weren't great in physical great physical health actually were able to do really well, while, while marathon runners would actually fail that test. Oh jeez. but. Yeah, So, but after September 11th, the Air Force started doing a lot more stuff with the other branches, and we did a lot more joint service things because of the war, and they found, they found it really quick that the uh, Air Force and I believe, and I don't want to speak for another branch, but I believe Navy as well, both realized that their their physical conditioning wasn't up to what it needed to be. Um, I'm not enough familiar with the Army and the, the Marines to know. I mean, I think they've always really had that running part of their – culture and as part of their even um making rank and stuff but the air force uh basically that was why so they they phased in like here we're gonna have the mile and a half test or mile and a half run be a te- or one of the elements of the test that we get tested on yearly on our physical fitness
2: Ron, um did you what guys want to follow up on a question with that you want me to go into my little
3: spit? <laughs> you can go ahead. I will
0: we'll just share that um, that Mike in the first half said that he absolutely hates running, and he feels exactly the way James did before he yeah. got involved in, in running. So yeah. yeah, I played
1: basketball 15, 17 years, uh, a little bit in college, and even then I th- kind of think it's dumb they made you um, – uh, placed your position based on a mile time or something i'm like man i can sprint all day long but my little back my little (laughs) legs are gonna cramp up if i have to run two miles and so they like moved my i I played point guard my whole life and they moved me to a shooting guard just because i couldn't make a certain mile time i'm like all right dude i think i'm done with this system and (laughs) jumped out
3: (laughs) yeah and i I love that you bring that up for me it was similar where i embraced it a lot more personally in the military space because of what it did for me physically like what i was able to you know, and, and a lot of that is why, you know, I, I talked about when we were on deployments and when you're working a lot of hours and when you're, you just have that extra gear, I believe, and I know maybe swimming is, is equal. That's why as much as I don't even consider, you know, if I could do certain things right now and go, oh, running is at the top of my list. I, I want to run each day because it's so fun, but what it does for me and what it has, you know, what I've really watched it do for people you know I've kind of really changed uh, but it's funny that we definitely have then uh, similar backgrounds in, in that uh kind of in that sense cuz I definitely still am good at it and found out I was a really good runner but and I'm more of a long distance runner than uh than a short distance I can definitely um c- hold my own in the past uh, in the military space on the long distance runs so it's crazy how how you find those things out
1: Yeah, we talk a lot about it, like adherence and sticking to goals and finding kind of what works for you. So like, yeah, if you're playing basketball, do you need to be able to run a 5k? Like, probably not. You could probably get in basketball condition by doing some suicides or just playing pickup, really, like you get in shape doing the sport. Um, But it sounds like for your job currently and in the past in the military, like, yeah, like if you if you see the result that you want, like, oh, I'm getting better at my job, then yeah, you're going to be more likely to want to do that kind of training. But Man, like basketball players, or <laughs> right now we're like strength and conditioning guys. Like, nah, I don't know if I want to move much past. Like, I, I do a lot of like assault bike stuff or, or spin yeah. bike. I'm like, that's plenty. Yeah, it gets my yeah. legs moving a little bit and I'll a little stay, hit training. Yeah, like. I'll stay in my little comfort zone in the corner.
3: <laughs> hear that? Love it.
0: What about you, Rich?
2: Uh, my name is Rich Nichols. Um, and currently, um, I am an announcer for Ragnar Racers. But going back to the original days of running, I, I too, uh, ran when I was in high school. Um, well, I, I wasn't the athlete um, as far as organized sports, as basketball, baseball, um, definitely more of a runner. Definitely did not have any intention of wanting to get anything in as far as half marathon marathon. Found myself at 40 years old, sitting behind a desk, getting a little bit to tubby on the waistline. Said I need to make some changes here, and somebody introduced me to Spartan races. And uh, Spartan, I sure, I'm sure everybody knows what they are, but they're um, probably the largest obstacle course race company in the world right now. And went out and did an eight mile obstacle course race, tore my knee up, uh, which you you would think that most people would be like, all right, I'm done with that actually fell in love with it um went on to compete in 3 of uh Tough Mudder's world's toughest mudder 24-hour competitions um I've done a couple of ultra races a uh, couple of marathons um actually I've I've kind of fallen in love with distance running um and this this weekend just on the way home um you know and I would have never done this in the past um at one point in time I was trying to come through a mountain pass and it was closed um but I was right at the trailhead for the Pacific Crest Trail. So I jumped out and, and did a trail run on, on the, at least I got a few miles in on the Pacific Crest Trail. And on the way home, I was uh, cruising through Death Valley. And, and man, Death Valley is a crazy place. You've got one spot that's 10,000 feet and another spot that's at sea level. Right. And I, I happened to be up at the 10,000 foot spot and decided to go do a trail run. Not a recommendation I would recommend for most people at 10,000 feet. <laughs> But uh, bet, yeah, yeah so so um just because of all of uh uh wanting to get into fitness after 40 that uh, got me into into running and I've just there's so many cool running isn't just necessarily going out and running through the city I mean if you think about training it, it's it's mundane you know jumping on a treadmill that's the last thing in the world anybody really wants to do um Run runs around the city. But, man, as soon as you get out and you discover some of the races that are out there, you know whether it's a 5K or an obstacle course race or any kind of a distance race, there's so many cool different ways of just being able to embrace uh, getting healthy, and, and uh, it's kind of where I did. And anyway, just being an announcer on the Ragnar uh, Trail Series, that uh, made it a lot easier for me to want to wanna, um, go out and run some more. That's cool
1: you guys are involved with uh, Ragnar. I'm pretty familiar with it, uh, despite my lack of knowledge in running world but uh uh, i think reebok does a lot of work with them um and i did a lot of work with reebok in the past and and my buddy who uh shout out to my boy brett who uh, works at reebok and like managed me through there uh i think they made him go do a ragnar because he was working with the company (laughs) and so like he's like texting me in the van while he's like trying to sleep he's like shit bro just (laughs) i got to pump out like and he's like a basketball player hockey player kid like he's he's in good shape for sure but he's like man i'm in seattle right now like running seven miles a three in the morning like fuck bro (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: yeah it it you never know quite when you're going to be running i like i got together and was running down in uh arizona last month and every single leg that i had i was running in complete darkness i didn't i didn't actually get it get to see the terrain you know that i did in that uh you know as you're driving around and playing leapfrog with the different racers uh, getting them out on the course you, know, you get to see it but as far as the actual running part of it you know everything was in darkness not that's not something that's ever happened to me before
0: so how did you get actually started with the actual running like you know you put your shoes on one day and you go outside or you are at the gym and you're in front of the treadmill and like how the first day, like how, how far are you trying to go the first day?
2: Boy. So for me, it was, it was literally a wake up call, you know, when, when this teenage kid, you know, is just sh- showing me this, these videos of, of YouTube and, and Spartan racers. And, uh, at that particular time, uh, there was a gentleman, I want to say his name was Kobe hall or something like that. I, I can't remember exactly anyway. And he was, he was a local guy to, to our area and he was just tearing it up in the Spartan OCR world. Um, and just, just hearing, hearing the stories and, and it's something beyond just, just running on the road, you know, it's going out on the trail and they had these military style obstacles. That for me was what was invigorating to me. And it, and it, It opened up a level of excitement that I was just like, oh man, I I really want to go out and do this. So for me, the very first day that I went out and ran, I, I want to say I only put shoot a pavement for maybe a couple of miles. Um, it was just more or less to get my heart going, make sure that I was, you know, was still able to uh, get back home and, uh, you know, from there just kind of progressed to a little bit more, you know, and it's just like you brought up in the very beginning, you know, as you get better at something, or James brought it up, as you get better at something, you know, you just find yourself doing it more and more and, uh, the more time you put into the training, you know, you get better and better at it and it just makes it easier to want to keep doing it.
3: So do yeah, you, and I think, Go ahead, Jackson. Go ahead. well, and I think for me, you know, and it's as I look back, and, and we talked about it a little bit. For you know, when I till I was about 18 years old, I didn't really run almost at all for any reason. Like you know, in basketball, you had to do up, up, up and backs, or maybe run around the basketball court 25 times or something like that, and who knows how many miles that ended up being. But if I didn't have to run personally, I wasn't going to do it. <laughs> I'm getting ready to go to the military and just thinking I needed to be in shape. Um, I ran, I thought it was a lot, uh, like we, we lived about two miles from downtown where we lived and grew up. So I went from our house to town and back, which I don't even know if I could run that whole thing. It was about four miles and then went in the air force and didn't have to run for a while again. Um, but as we started to do the test, you know, everything was geared towards being able to run a mile and a half in a certain time period, you know, f- per your age, but to what rich is saying and and i think no matter whose level it was by going out there and doing it nobody really liked doing it and everybody kind of had their different paces and stuff but it was really just finding what you could do and then just going a little bit more you know each week and i think that's similar probably to other ways to even in, in other fitness areas you know whether it's weightlifting or whatever like maybe you can't lift 100 pounds when you first or, you know, like a 25 or 30 pound dumbbell when you first do it your very first time, but, you know, you work up 15, 20, 25. So I think for me and my background, the running, you know, I, I personally just started when I did it a lot more, I was like, okay, I want to go four and a half miles. I want to go six miles, seven miles, 10 miles. I was just increasing the amount of miles I went per day. And that the more I ran, everything else became easier just because of and, and if I took time off and then did it again, I realized how much, how, how hard it really was to run based on you get that endurance and then you lose it a little bit, try to get it back. So to me, it's always like a little bit of a maintaining thing. And I don't think the matter is how good or bad of a runner you are. I, I believe a lot of that is similar, is just starting whatever you can do, whether it's walking, jogging, and then running, it's just start small and then work up. You know, kind of have a schedule where you you increase it over a little bit of time, where you're just going a little bit more and a little bit more, and then all of a sudden you look back and and you can do a lot more that way. That's my experience.
0: In our world, people get concerned about cardio, like cutting into their muscular gains, um, like, and I don't think it's really that big of an issue for for the people in our you know in our situation where you know you're. Um, like powerlifters or Olympic lifters or whatever. I think it just functions more as conditioning. And I think, I mean, maybe it's a bigger deal for for a bodybuilder or something like that, but they do so much steady-state cardio that um, I, I, I just can't see why it could be a problem. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I've had a pretty good summer
1: last summer where I was cycling a lot. Um, I don't know in terms of miles, but definitely 100, 200, 300 a week. Mm-hmm. Um which, to you guys, is probably what you freaking run, which is dumb, but uh, <laughs> uh, for me, that's a shit ton. And uh, in regards to, like, my um, lifting, it was fine. You know, it's all about, like, how much you can line things up and how your bottom level is. Like, you kind of just said, if you just go from 0 to 100, yeah, you're probably going to get injured or performance is going to go backwards with both, if not just one of them. Um, but if you slowly progress and all of it. And that's uh, – lifting's gotten so nerdy over the years, and I'm – I guess partially to blame for some of it because I do like <laughs> like programming and trying to figure out best strategies to get you where you want to go. Um, how would you guys look um, back and kind of in hindsight and would you change how you started rather than just like, um, I think you guys said, well, yeah, I just went out and kind of ran what I could. Um, how do you know like when to push, when not to push? I, I Like honestly, I don't think in my entire life I've ran over three miles straight and that was only because I was had to and I was in a group. Um, so how do you like, If I went out right now, I'd have no clue when to stop, when to go. I'd probably stop in a half a mile because my back would light up. Or you'd go too
0: far. Yeah, yeah. Or you'd get wiped wiped out.
1: Yeah, or I'd run 10 miles for some reason to push myself and then I'd never run again because I'd say, well, that fucking sucked. Uh, So how do you know? Yeah, how to limit that a little bit? Yeah, and I
3: think for me, when I hear that, my personal opinion is for number one, as I think back early on for me, what's changed for me for number one, I'm right now 43. So when I first kind of fell into having to run more, it was mid twenties and I really didn't, because I didn't have any go off of, I didn't care what shoe I had. I probably had horrible shoes. It didn't matter. I didn't go, oh, I need to replace my shoes. It's been six months. So I think number one, you really have to look at, you know, long-term of your, for your health. As I've gotten older, I've been more cognizant of like knowing which is a good shoe to run for my feet more so than younger. But what I, what I hear when I hear you talking about that is, and what I would say is you really kind of go off of what your background is and what you can handle. Like, I, if you've never gone more than three miles, the same thing you kind of just said, I wouldn't go out there and and try to run. Oh, yeah, I've never run, but somebody's talking me into, I'm going to try to push myself to run six, seven, eight miles if all you've ever done is three at a time, ever. Or maybe you don't even think you can do that. So I think you start with, you know, because a mile isn't that it's a good like if you could go out there and run any part of that mile and even if you had I'm going to kind of back off and just walk it for a little bit and then run again I, I think that's how I would start advising someone who's just getting started and that's what I would do if I was starting all over right now and hadn't done it based on what I know about running I would always say just whatever but I, I think it's more yes you kind of have to look a little bit is it is it a uh, a physical injury possibility or is it like anything right like even if you're weight weight and i'm sure at certain points like this sucks i don't want to do another rep it's the same <laughs> thing in running right you could be like this sucks after half a mile like this hurts you know like it does like there's plenty of time when i was running or have run that i'm like why am i doing this again this is like i just don't want to stop right now but you just make you know, mind over matter to some of it, as long as your body can handle it. But I think that's where you weigh it, right? Like, you know your own body and, you know, if something's getting tight then or your knee starts to hurt or something like physical like that, yeah, I would always say you're on the side of, of safety in that sense for your for your body and for your age and for your fitness level. But that that's kind of my my opinion on it.
0: How long was it before you started feeling like, um oh, I actually enjoy this and I'm – and I'm getting better, and I know I'm getting better. I'm at a level that I'm I'm starting to feel comfortable with how far I can run and how many miles a a week I can run.
3: Yeah, so that well, that's a hard question for me to really answer. For if like, I I found out in a weird way. Like, I kind of personally wondered if I had a done running growing up. You know, I figured out I was kind of a badass runner, just didn't know it. And I remember early on in the military time when people would come up to me and they're like they were runners or they, they knew about running and they, they would say, what's your blah, blah, blah time. And they just named these numbers. And I was like, I don't even know what that means. And I just run fast <laughs> to get it over with. But, um, you know, so for me it was, I, I always looked at, well, how far, like I don't cause I am running and I know I see these older people that run a lot. And if I go down that path, how much do I need to kind of save myself for later? that was some of the, my mindset for me personally, but I was fortunate enough to have uh, I could do long distance. And so I started training longer distances when I, when I moved to Florida in 2000, end of 2009, it was the first time I could, cause I, and we talked a little bit about it earlier. Like I personally had run in treadmills in the past early on in my military time. And I just, I enjoyed so much more personally running outside. And what I didn't like about treadmills in my opinion is it was just not a good correlation. Like I could go, Oh, look how great I'm doing at this time and this miles. And then I would go outside and run the same thing. And it was just not the same. same. So much harder. So for me, it was like, I, if I'm going to run, I want to run outside, no matter how much it sucks, no matter how bad the weather is. And then, um, again, going for me on that mile and a half time for the military, like I just was competitive enough that I wanted to kind of beat my own time each year. So, By me running so much more than a mile and a half, the mile and a half test just got easier and easier. So I went six miles a day when I got to Florida and I was running and pushing myself because it was year round. I could do it like six days a week, but I didn't personally know because I think there's always these different probably rules of of thought or with people that are educated that that teach running. I don't know how many days is really what you're supposed to take off or not, but I was just kind of, if I could do it, I wanted to maintain it. And I went from like six miles, seven miles, as much as 10 miles a day, six days a week. But then by me doing that, when I went all over the country running Ragnar races and in the, in the altitude, it just, that's kind of what I talked about earlier for me personally, it just gave me that extra gear. But again, that was, I just found out I was somewhat of a, a legit runner, which is, is weird to say, um, I think. And I don't even know still truly what is considered, I mean, I, I kind of do, but a, a good mile time, uh, it was a competitive race we did, uh, the kind of, uh, um, different military, uh, units had a competition each year at the last base I was at in Tampa, Florida. And, um, each runner did a mile time or mile leg. And I ran that in about four minutes and 28 seconds in that, that area. I'm off of, it might've been 4:32 somewhere in that neighborhood. And then I figured out at that point, cause I'm not a sprinter and that was so hard, but like that, that, that's what I just want to kind of give reference. Like I'm I'm actually a pretty good runner overall for that was like in my mid-30s, mid to late 30s. So um, so I, I definitely am not the norm maybe. And, yeah, my and best is six kind of minutes.
1: For the people that don't know what they're talking about or what we're talking about, my best is six minutes. Six-minute mile. And I I had a, uh, my, a coach pacing me on a uh, bike. Oh, yeah. And okay. I'm crying and yeah. tissues in my hand yeah my, my wife cheeseburger on the other hand
0: my wife was saying last night that that eight <laughs> minutes she just can't she can't seem to break Fuck eight in. minutes well yeah
1: and'm I'm, mm-hmm. I'm peak performance I'm yeah. 21 in college basketball yeah like, I'm peak fucking performance I'm a machine yeah can yeah, five feet six and, minutes
0: she's five three and she's in her in her 50s yeah you know? yeah, so, yeah eight minutes is good <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know quite honestly if if uh, somebody was to get started if I was to go back and, and restart today and I was looking for a program in my particular area I would go sign up with a crossFit center yeah. I mean, honestly, CrossFitters are—I—I—I—I I, 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 I personally thought of them more as a jarhead um, until the Ragnar Race series invited them in, and they had um, a CrossFit series. And I remember I was running um, at a, a design event a couple years back. And I've got a long stride and I'm great on the downhill. And I had a Crossfitter that, uh, he came trotting past me on the uphill and I was just like, nice to see you, man. Hey, I'll, I'll catch you on the downhill. And I, and, and, and I was pretty arrogant about that when he went past me. And I got up to the top and I opened up my stride and I never caught that guy. And, and at that point in time, I was like, oh boy, I'm sucking on some serious crow pie right now. And, uh, yeah, so CrossFit is where I would head if I needed something in my area because everything beyond there is going to be specific for an event you're training for.
0: You talked a little bit about, like, you know, wanting to to drop a few pounds or whatever. Um, do you find that it affected your appetite? The things that, that, like, experts have told us on this program is that, like, cardio isn't so great at actually um, burning enough calories to lose weight, It it but it does... Um, promote your satiety; you're less hungry all the time. Do you guys find that to be true, or, or are you like my wife who is more hungry when she runs?
2: I'm I'm more hungry. I the more I work out, the more hungry I. I rather than having you know structured meals, um, I just kind of want to munch all day long, and I don't restrict myself to it either. I you know I, I eat healthy, but I don't say I have to have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You know, it's small little small little snacks all day long.
3: And for me, it's more – and I'm definitely not probably the norm in that. I, I'll, If I am going to run and eat, I eat things like um, peanut butter and jelly sandwich or even just peanut butter, uh, granola, granola bars, things like that don't bother me. But it, some of the other food, and especially you know, if we talked about the Ragnar, like all the different teams I've been on, and, and they eat meals in between – you know, I definitely can't eat like spaghetti and pizza and, you know, these big breakfasts. I've I've seen some people try to eat, well, you know, like with, with so many things is it's it's just harder. Like I want when I personally am out there running, I want it to be it can be as much as it's going to suck already. And so what I've never liked is while I'm running and it depends how much in between time I have to eat just that feeling that you get of certain food while you're running it's that's that's not a good idea I wish I hadn't ate that so I err on the side of not eating stuff and then you know maybe have suffered a little bit energy and just didn't know it uh, but that, that's that been my, my experience for me personally so if someone were to come
0: to you and say I want to get started um, I don't I'm not a gifted athlete. I know I'm not a gifted athlete. What would you suggest that their first couple months look like? Like, what What would a good goal be for two months in? 5K race. 5K race. Love it. I mean, if,
2: if if they're honestly, if there's somebody that's been on the couch, they, you know, let, let's just say 50, 50 plus pounds overweight, or, you know, where they're at in their life. Um, You know, a 5K is a really good starting point goal, just just to get off the couch and, and get your body moving, and everything else just kind of falls into place after that. And honestly, after you've got, you know, a, it, once you've committed in your mind that you're going to do this, and you're you're two two to three weeks into it, everything really becomes easy at that point in time. You know, the training becomes easier, your distances become longer, you become faster at your times. But yeah, 5K is where I'd start.
3: Yeah, I like that too. And I would, I would also say, as I hear Rich talking, is that would, if if you have someone else you can do it with, that's always going to be helpful too. Because I think a little bit of that is, especially if you're just getting started, is your mind, you know, I don't think, uh, I can only speak for myself, it doesn't matter how much, how good I am, supposedly at it or not, or how much I think I need to. There, every time I go out and run, most of the time, I'm, I'm it takes a little bit to get past the I, I'm not going to do this or I don't want to do this. So I think also, it's a good idea for people to do it with someone else there's so many running groups out there that meet different times to run. And and of all backgrounds, I don't think they're all with these, you know, because everybody kind of segments into the running groups of their experience level. So I think another uh, thing I would encourage someone just starting out to do is find someone else close enough that likes it and that would, you know, you can motivate each other to do it. Um, Because I think, as Rich said, once you get started, it gets easier. And then, and that's, not everyone, but more than not, in my opinion, in my experience, have, once someone starts running at all and embraces it a little bit, falls in love with it to some degree. Not meaning they're going to run marathons for the rest of their life, but you know the and that's a lot about why we we'd like to do the podcast that we do and show that because we see in Ragnar and in, in the Ragnar relay of all experience levels people who can you know mostly walk sometimes and jog and run all backgrounds so I think it's just that couple of months of getting started and uh, the 5k is definitely because even if you do a 5k it doesn't mean you have to it can, you know run in record speed if you had to walk during it it's it's you know you could still have that as a good base level i'd love that
0: awesome um where can people find you in your podcast
3: it's uh anywhere that a podcast is, that you listen to a podcast it's on itunes it's on google play it's on stitcher but uh and what's what's it's the name of called the ragnar show? life podcast <laughs> it,
0: it's sorry ragnar life is that what you're saying
3: Yep, the Ragnar Life podcast. The Ragnar
0: Life podcast. Okay, and and just hit us with your social media in your your own personal and and the show.
3: Yep, I, I, I'm on all social media as myself, James Van Proyen. Um, the Ragnar Life is on same thing, all, all Instagram, t- Twitter, Facebook. We have a good Facebook group, so if you're – and that's another kind of encouraging group of people is is in the Ragnar space. So um, definitely people of all backgrounds encouraging each other to, to get started. So, And you, Rich? Rich.
2: Um, I've got a podcast called Chasing Immortals, and uh, you can find us, Chasing Immortals Podcast, on Facebook, and or you can look me up on Facebook – at Rich Nichols, and Nichols is N-I-C-H-O-L-E-S, and I'm in West Jordan. Awesome.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Simon Mike, 2Ks everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. Uh, be sure to give a rating
0: and review. Follow our guests. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Um, and uh, that's all That's
2: all I got for
3: today, buddy. Thank you.
0: I am at the Jim McDan on all the social medias. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. We are 50% Facts. What percent is a word? And we'll talk to you next time.